bhikkhus, even as one who encompasses with his mind the great ocean, includes thereby all the streams that run into the ocean. Just so, whoever develops and cultivates mindfulness directed to the body includes all wholesome qualities that pertain to true knowledge. Bhikkhus, one thing, when developed and cultivated, leads to a strong sense of urgency, leads to great good, leads to great security from bondage, leads to mindfulness and clear comprehension. Sati Sampajanya leads to the attainment of knowledge and vision leads to a pleasant dwelling in this very life leads to the realization of the fruit of knowledge and liberation what is that one thing? mindfulness directed to the body this is the one thing that when developed and cultivated leads to the realization of the fruit of knowledge and liberation. Bhikkhus, when one thing is developed and cultivated, the body becomes tranquil, the mind becomes tranquil, thought and examination subside, and all wholesome qualities that pertain to true knowledge reach fulfillment by development. What is that one thing? Mindfulness directed to the body. When this one thing is developed and cultivated, the body becomes tranquil, <clears throat> and all wholesome qualities that pertain to true knowledge reach fulfillment by development. Bhikkhus, when one thing is developed and cultivated, ignorance is abandoned. True knowledge arises. The conceit I am is abandoned. The underlying tendencies are uprooted. The fetters are abandoned. What is this one thing? Mindfulness directed to the body. When this one thing is developed and cultivated, the fetters are abandoned. And Guttara Nikaya. 1575, 1576 to 582, 1583, 1586 to 590. One can practice mindfulness of the body when listening to any of these talks or guided meditations. You can give almost all your attention to your embodied experience of whatever the object is. During this talk, you can give almost all your attention to mindfulness of the body and listen in an embodied way. These are very useful reflections because even if you are practicing Meditation such as metta, benevolence, you can use it as an anchor, a stable base or foundation to work from, 
a touchstone. It can be difficult to sustain attention on a mental quality. It's very subtle. It can be like trying to grab the wind. But if you have a foundation in embodied mindfulness, and that can expedite matters. The Buddha stated that all wholesome qualities arise out of that mindfulness directed to the body. And once you have a stable base, then you have foundation for building wholesome mental states such as metta, non-contention, or karuna, compassion. Gives you some place to keep returning to mindfulness of the body, uh, much more grounded than mental states. There's many ways to use mindfulness of the body, and often during formal meditation practice, you should become familiar with mindfulness of breathing and pay attention to the breathing process and. Just attend to the breath as you are experiencing it. Allow a sense of relaxing into the breathing. Also recognize that the breathing takes place within the whole sphere of the body. You have the rest of your body sitting here. How are you holding it? You notice that the Buddha greatly emphasized mindfulness of the body and it's no coincidence that it comes first. It's much more easy to ground yourself in mindfulness of the body. It's very easy to get lost and pulled away by mental states. More quotes from the Buddhist discourses. If the body is mastered, mind is mastered. And another version. There is one thing, monks, that cultivated and regularly practiced leads to a deep sense of urgency, to the supreme peace to mindfulness and clear comprehension, sati-sampajanya, to the attainment of right vision and knowledge, to happiness here and now, 
to realizing deliverance by wisdom and the fruition of holiness is mindfulness of the body. Uh, maybe I'll give a talk on Satisampajanya, mindfulness and clear comprehension. So as a foundational practice, you can develop an almost continual awareness of your ever-changing bodily experience. It's a very uh, effective way to start to impact daily life with mindfulness practice. And even when you move from the first foundation to the second foundation, if you're practicing Satipatthana, you can use the breath as an anchor to collect and unify the mind while expanding your mindfulness to an ever greater range of experience. And when you look at the Satipatthana, one way to appreciate it would be to see the practice rooted in the body. In formal meditation, it has the same, the way they numbered, four steps as the Anapanasati Sutta. Anapanasati Sutta is grounded in bodily experience, the breathing, developed through to whole body awareness and relaxation and ease of the body, and then building all the way up to full awakening. And in the Satipatthana Sutta, one way to look at it is during formal practice, you have that same base, relaxed body breathing, and then from there, what's going to come up? Well, it's going to be Vedana, feeling tone. It's going to be mind, mind states, mental states, thinking, thoughts. It's going to be eventually Dhammas. Like, what else is going to come up? <laughs> so that's, that's one way to relate to it. And then it also um, carries over one of the beauty. I actually like to combine Anapanasati and Satipatthana. Because Satipatthana uh, brings in that bodily sense when you're not sitting in formal meditation. And Anapanasati covers the Satipatthana and goes beyond it. And they're really complementary. They're not diametrically opposed. They're not. There's not really like a false duality. They're, they're very complementary. It's all instructions of the Buddha, after all. They're all practices that he recommended to engage in, that he himself engaged in. And he was rooted in Anapanasati and mindfulness of the body.